Thank you, Pastor Owen. Yes, what an honor to be with you on Palm Radio on the big picture with Johan Bosbrand from South Africa. We have wonderful weather here by us. It's nice and warm. It's 35 degrees outside. It's quite warm. Um, we in South Africa, we enjoy the warmth, but we sometimes we had a very, very, very cold winter, which we aren't really, really familiar with. But yeah, what an honor to be with you. And yeah, thanks, Pastor Owen, for all your hard work that you do for POM Radio and for Potato Online Ministries and to all the pastors. We are so blessed with you and also with the congregation, with POM, the POM family. I just want to say thank you to each and every one that contributed to Marlene. She's doing well. God has made a miracle happen for that young lady and we are really blessed with that. But let's just quickly go to prayer to ask the Lord to to guide us in His Word. Thank you, Lord, for being with us. Thank you for loving us. Yes, Lord, we are so honored to know you and to call your name. Thank you, Lord, for each listener here. May this Word come to their hearts. May your name be honored. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yes, every week we recap on what we did on the previous episodes because we are on a, on a series of episodes. Like I said last week, I thought it's going to be two or three weeks, but uh, it's now the sixth week we're going in. And we're still in a place called Shechem. Shechem is a place in Samaria, a few miles north of Jerusalem. We got to the place when we read in the first episode in John 4, of the lady at the well. And Jesus were baptizing, and they, the disciples were back, baptizing people, people in the Jordan. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees heard about it and they wanted to go. And Jesus, they decided they had to leave to, this, the Gal- to Galilee. But it said he had to go to Samaria. To a place in a, at a place called Saika. Now, Saika was a place just out of the gates of Shechem. Shechem at that stage was demolished. At, um, so yes, we, then we looked into the things that happened in Shechem right back early in Genesis 12 from verse 6 we read about our father Abraham went when he got into Canaan, the first place that he got to, the first place where he built an altar, was at Shechem. After that, he left for Bethel. Bethel is our next next gen, next destination. So we're just pulling the lines through. From there on, uh, Abraham. You know the Abraham story. This is Isaac. Also had a play. Also things did some things in Shechem. And then we got to to Jacob. In the second episode, we spoke about Jacob's calling and how he reacted to it and how he went to, to Laban, his uncle, and got Leah and her Rebecca, the wife that he really fell in love with, Rebecca, but he first had to marry Leah. So on, on the, we're going to read in, in Genesis 
36, 35, sorry, yeah, 35, we read about the, all the sons of Jacob. And Jacob got his name Israel later on because Jacob was so afraid of meeting his brother Esau. And that night, just before he met, he was, he was afraid for Esau, but he struggled with the Lord. So in Genesis 32, we read from 20 verse 26, it says, Let the man said to Jacob, ah, Then the man said to Jacob, Let me go, the sun is coming up. But Jacob said, I will not let you go, you must bless me. And the man said to him, What is your name? And Jacob said, My name is Jacob. Then the man said, Your name will not be Jacob. Your name will be Israel. I have gave you this name because you have fought with God and with men, and you have won. Then Jacob asked him, Please tell me your name. But the man said, why do you ask me my name? Then the man blessed Jacob at that place. So Jacob named the place Peniel. In Genesis 35, from verse 23, we read the family of Israel. These were the names of Jacob's twelve sons. His firstborn was Reuben, whose mother was Leah. Jacob's other sons by Leah were Simeon, Levi, Judah, Isaacah, Zebulun. His sons by Rachel were Joseph and Benjamin. His sons with Bila, as Rachel's maid, were Dan and Naphtali. And his sons with Zilpah, Leah's maid, were Gad and Asher. These were Jacob's sons were, that were born in Padam Haram. Now the name Padam Haram is basically the area that Jacob worked for Leah and Rebekah's father Laban. And last week we spoke about when they got out, they Rachel um, actually took some, some idols who were from her father Laban. And But just before they left Shechem to Bethel, we read that they buried their, the, their idols. They buried all their idols and they went on cleanly to go worship God. So God was good for them. But now we get to the next person that we really want to go to that's also got a place at Shechem. And the history on that, we will read later on that even his tomb was in Shechem, is in Shechem. It's Joseph, the dreamer. So Joseph, when he was a boy, so now we're basically in Genesis 37. So not, we're not going to read through everything, but we're just going to recap on the, on the things and just going to point out some, some interesting things that, also, I think I've got significance with Shechem and also some other things. But yeah, Jacob was 17 years old when um, he was a young boy and he took care of all the goats. 
with his brothers by the sons of Bala and Zilka. But he was a favorite boy because he was only gay, he was only born so in Genesis thirty seven verse verse three we read Joseph was born at a time when his father Israel was very old. So Israel loved him more than he loved his other sons. Jacob gave him a special coat, which was long and very beautiful. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father loved Joseph more than he loved them, they hated their brother because of this. They refused to be nice, to say nice things about him. Then he dreamt about this, the eleven heaps of, of wheat and then later on also the eleven stars that bowed before him and they didn't like this little brother, this spoiled brother of theirs. So they actually left without him. And later on, in verse 12, we read again, One day Joseph's brothers went to Shechem to care for his father's sheep. Jacob said to Joseph, Go to Shechem. Your brothers are there with my sheep. Joseph answered, I will go. His father said, Go and see if your brothers are safe. Come back and tell me. If my sheep and all are fine, so Joseph's father sent. So Joseph, Joseph's father sent him from the valley of Hebron to Shechem. At Shechem, Joseph got lost. A man found him wandered in the fields. The man said, "What are you looking for?" Joseph answered, "I'm looking for my brothers. Can you tell me where?" They are with their sheep. The man said, They have already gone away. I heard that they are going to Doth Dothan. So Joseph followed the brothers and found them in Dothan. And yeah, so we can read on after that. We got Joseph that's sold for slavery. But his big brother... Reuben, he was, he hurt his brothers and he was making a plan and he told them they are not allowed to kill so they can't kill their brother because they already made some plans to kill him and he actually wanted them to frame into a, a an empty well so they did and for some reason Reuben left because he actually when he came back later on his brother was not in the well anymore because they sold. Judah actually had the plan that they must sell his brother to these slave traders that was on their way to Egypt. So they sold him for 20 pieces of silver. And Joseph was on his way. They took that nice, that piece uh, the the garment that was that his father made they actually slaughtered it because Reuben came back and he was asking what must they do now they his brother is gone so in Genesis 37 verse 29 we read Reuben had been gone but when he came back to the well he saw Joseph was not there 
He tore his clothes and showed that he was upset. Reuben went to his brothers and said, The boy is not in the well. What will I do? The brothers killed the goat and put the goat's blood on Joseph's beautiful coat. Then the brothers showed the coat to their father, and the brothers said, We found this coat. Is this Joseph's coat? His father saw the coat, and he knew it was Joseph's coat. Yes, this is his. Maybe some wild animal has killed him. My son Joseph has been eaten by a, by a wild animal. Jacob was so sorry about his son that he tore his clothes. Then Jacob put on a special clothes to show that he was sad. He continued to be sad about his son for a long time. All of Jacob's sons and daughters tried to comfort him, but Jacob was never comfortable. He said, I will be sad about my son until the day I die. So Jacob continued to mourn his son Joseph. People can be rude and crude and we can point fingers. But if we just pause a bit, yeah, and just reflect on what we, uh, what we, what we read. This is something that we can fall very easily in is, is jealousy. And also there is also something that favoritism from the father, which is also not correct. All these things boiled to something. But at the end, we can we know from Joseph's story, even in his dreams, he dreamt it. They thought everything, God is in control. The providence of our Lord is so, so dominant in this. Uh, and uh, it's not, I want to say story, it's not a story, a testimony. You can rather say a testimony of, of Joseph's life and Jacob. How everything works out. Because the brothers sold him. And later on we're going to read what happened then. People always say to me, they can't read the Old Testament. This is such a beautiful, beautiful book to read, Genesis. You can read it over and over and over again. Because, But let's pick up quickly on Joseph's story in Egypt. So Jacob... Joseph actually got sold to a very wealthy, very the, the captain of Pharaoh, his, his god, Putiphar. And he made, he saw, he actually saw that the, the Lord is with him. And that by itself is such a testimony. In Genesis 39, verse 3, we read Putiphar saw that the Lord was with Joseph. And that the Lord helped Joseph he success in, be successful in everything he did. So Potiphar was very happy for Joseph. He allowed Joseph to work for him and to help him rule his house. Joseph was the ruler over everything of Potiphar owned. Uh, 
after Joseph was made the ruler over the house, the Lord blessed the house and everything that Potiphar owned. The Lord also blessed everything that grew in Potiphar's fields. Then uh, the Lord did this because of Joseph. So Potiphar allowed Joseph to be responsible for everything in his house. Potiphar didn't have to worry about anything except deciding what to eat. I've got such a smile on my face to know that if the brothers only knew, look at Potiphar, how blessed he is now, because he's not even a believer, but he just realized and he saw God's hand over this at that stage, young man, and he gave him authority about over everything, and that blessed him. So much so that Potiphar didn't have to worry about anything except deciding what to eat. <laughs> How much worries can you have in life? But yes, the enemy thought he's going to throw the car around, and he used Potiphar's wife. So, we read from just before verse 7, Joseph was a very handsome, good-looking man. After some time, the wife of Joseph, master, began to pay special attention to him. One day, she said to him, sleep with me. But Joseph refused. He said, my master trusts me with everything in his house. He has given me responsibility for everything here. My master made me almost equal to him in his house. I cannot sleep with his wife. That is wrong. It is a sin against God. Now, I am a male, a man, and we do like it when a woman gives you lots of compliments but it is very very dangerous and I really respect this for Joseph for for being so so dedicated to his master and to know what is allowed and what is not what is sin and what is not it is a sin against God. That was the he knew he didn't want to do it against his master, but it, that's the main thing. He knew it was a sin against God. So verse ten we read The woman talked with Joseph every day, but he refused to sleep with her. One day Joseph went into his, to the house to go, to do his work. He was the only man in the house at that time. His master's wife grabbed his coat and said to him, Come to bed with me. But Joseph ran out of the house so fast as he left his coat in her hand. And that's why I actually said, uh, then again, this coat is coming up again. His brothers saw the coat. And they actually got very, very jealous when they saw Joseph in that coat. 
he got a new coat. He was a master, a, a, a very important guy in, in, in Egypt now. He was looking over everything of the king's soldier, Putifar's whole household. And there came the lady, and now she's holding the coat again. So again, this coat is going to bring him into into some in some trouble, because what we um, she went actually to the authorities and she said that he wanted to lay with her. And in verse nineteen, we read Joseph Master listened to what his wife said, and he became very angry. So Joseph put so Potiphar put Joseph into the prison where the king's enemies were held, and that is where Joseph remained. Suddenly locked up again in chains, in slavery. But as on the big picture, we can't stop here. It's not the end, because in verse 21 we read, The Lord was with Joseph, and he continued to show his kindness to him. So the commander of the prison guards began to like Joseph. The commander of the guards put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners. Joseph was their leader, but he still did the same work they did. The commander of the guards trusted Joseph with everything that was in the prison. This happened because the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord helped Joseph be successful. In everything he did. Again, you can just pause here and just say, Amen, thank you Lord. Isn't it true in our lives as well? Sometimes we do things wrong. We do, um, sometimes we don't. We don't even do things wrong. People accuse us of things that we, it's, it's not in our, it's not our fault. It's not, you just get into this situation. But when God is with you, nothing can overcome you. You can overcome everything. This is so powerful. And it just doesn't stop. In Genesis 40, we read about the wine server and the baker's dream. And Joseph actually came to them and he, he actually told that, the wine server what his dream was meaning and he actually said to him but when you are free remember me be good to me and help me tell pharaoh about me so that i can get out of this prison the baker's dream was not that good so joseph answered in verse 30 and verse 18 i will tell you what your dream means Three, the three-day basket means three days. Before the end of three days, the king will take you out of this prison and cut off your head. He will hang your body on a pole and the birds will eat it. Verse 20. Three days later, it was Pharaoh's birthday. He gave a party to his, all his servants. At the party, Pharaoh allowed the wine server and the baker to leave the prison. He freed the wine server and gave 
him his job back. And once again the wine server put a cup on the wine of Pharaoh's hand. But Pharaoh hanged the baker, and everything happened the way Joseph said it would. But the wine server did not remember to help Joseph. He said nothing to Pharaoh. The wine server forgot about Joseph. And we think, oh, that's, that ends there. But then again, the big picture, we read further on. So we go to Pharaoh's dream. So the Lord put a dream in Pharaoh's mind about uh, the seven. Um, in the dream, seven cows came out of the river and stood there eating grass. They were healthy, good-looking cows. Then seven more cows came out of the river and stood on the bank of the river by the healthy cows. But these cows were thin and looked sick. The seven sick cows ate the seven healthy cows. The Pharaoh woke up. Pharaoh went back to sleep again and began to dream again. This time he dreamt and he saw seven heads of grain growing on one plant. They, are, they were healthy and full of grain. Then he saw seven heads of grain sprouting but they were thin and sought by the hot wind. The thin heads of the grain ate the seven good heads of grain. Then Pharaoh woke up again and realized it was only a dream. The next morning Pharaoh worried about these dreams. So he went for all the magicians and the wise men of Egypt, Pharaoh told them the dreams, but none of them could explain the dreams. Then we get to where the Lord is always in control. Then the wine servant remembered Joseph and said to Pharaoh, I remember something that happened to me. You were angry with, with the baker and me, and you put us in prison. Then one night... He and I had a dream. Each dream had a different meaning. There was a young Hebrew man in the prison with us. He was the server. He was a servant of the commander of the gods. We told him your dreams, and he explained them to us. He told us the meaning of our dreams of each dream, and what he said came true. He said, I would be free and have my old job back. And it happened. He also said the baker would die. And it happened. We also get the same thing in Nebuchadnezzar with Daniel. Where he got all the wise people to come and explain. But God used them. It's almost, almost not identical, but very, very similar. So yes, Joseph is called to explain the dreams. So Pharaoh called in verse 14. So Pharaoh called Joseph from the prison. The guards quickly got Joseph out of prison. Joseph shaved, put on some clean clothes and went to see Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to him, I had a dream. 
and no one can explain it to me. I heard that you could explain dreams when someone tells you about them. Joseph answered, I cannot, but God can explain the dream to, for you, Pharaoh. So Joseph actually explained the whole dream about the seven cows and the, they said about the, the drought that's going to come and he needs somebody wise to run this thing. And in verse 37 we see, this seemed like a very good idea to Pharaoh and his officials agreed. Then Pharaoh told them, I don't think I can find anyone better than Joseph to take this job. God's spirit is in him, making him very wise. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, God showed these things to you, so you must be the wisest man. I will put you in charge of my country, and the people will obey your commands, and I will be the only one more powerful than you. And we need to stop here because the time is, is gone. But we just quickly want to recap what happens in Joseph's story here. Joseph had a jacket. He got this coat, beautiful coat from his father that made people jealous. Those people wanted to do harm to him. They throw him in a pit. They first wanted to kill him. Then somebody else comes and asks him to throw him in a well. And then he left. And then another brother wants to sell him. And they sold him to people that's on the way to Egypt. All these things happen just as the Lord wants it to. The providence of the Lord. This is so powerful. Then he got to a a servant, a master, Putifar, and again he had a beautiful, he was powerful and he blessed, Putifar was so blessed and such a rich man, and again his coat got him into trouble, into prison. Again God was there to take him, to make him second in command of Egypt. We're going to catch up next week when his brother's coming to get some food and how the Lord was looking over them, even in the toughest time. I just pray that we will also be like Joseph, that the people can see that the Lord is with us. May that be true. Let's see next week. Let's close with prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for your word. Dear Lord, we thank you that you are in control of everything. Thank you that we can open your word and that we can see clearly that you are our Lord and Savior and Father. Lord, just as you worked in Joseph's life, so things happen with us as well. It looks like we are in chains, we are in dark places, but you will never leave us. You will always be with us. 
Lord, I've got so much joy in me reading this. Just, it's a story. We, we read, uh, I was so, so honored to, to be a Christian from a young age. To hear these Bible stories when I was still a young child. But I didn't realize all the things. The providence of, of, of the Lord. Lord, thank you. I'll ask you to bless each person here. Maybe I'm sure there's somebody here that feels that they are trapped. Somebody betrayed them. Somebody sold them for a few pieces of nothing. Yes, Lord, sometimes we sell out ourselves. But thank you, Lord, that we know that you are with us in this in this prison, in wherever we are found in. In our situations, you are there. And your name will be glorified. Help us so that the people can see that you are with us, no matter where we are in life, in prison or in a castle doesn't matter we praise your holy name amen from your on south africa and Paratol ministries and bomb radio where we make listeners believe thank you back to you pastor Irwin. looking forward to see you next week shalom